<clears throat> it is my honor to invite Randy to come on up to the stage. Randy is going to be sharing God's Word with us this morning. It's very cool to be able to have someone that we know very, very well and have him share what God's laid on his heart, and I know he's going to do a great job. So let's welcome Randy as he comes. Thank you, Pastor. We appreciate that. Good morning. So part two of the simple, not easy message that uh, we, we had last time I was up here is come and see. The first message was about how simple it was to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we uh, were also exploring how leading all people through the narrow gate was not easy. But this message today is about us personally and our brothers and sisters in Christ. By us, I mean mature Christians who are saved and called out of the world to serve God who are committed to answering that call people who know what the Word of God says about being a disciple of Jesus and understanding that we need to use our spiritual gifts which God has given us to reach the lost. When much is given, much is expected. This principle is extremely important because we all will stand before the throne when it's time. What will your witness be? Jesus reinforces this fact in Matthew 28, verse 19, to go therefore into the world and make disciples. That imperative tells us to help people commit to Jesus as their Lord and Savior and is the focus of that great commission, which is leading the lost to the narrow gate, which we've already heard about. But also this message is about the fundamental calling from Christ to follow him, to belong to him, to abide in him in every element of our lives, and to tell people who need to know about the joy and peace that can only come through a wonderful relationship with Jesus. Our base scripture this morning is documented in the Gospel of John chapter 1, We'll start at verse 35 and end at verse 51. But before we open God's word, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. you. You are so important to us, Father. We are so grateful for your word of truth, which comforts us and teaches us what we need to know. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for perfect clarity as we hear your voice in these words. Give us ears to hear and an open heart to understand your message of hope for all your people. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Our scripture is at the time and place in the Bible when Jesus was baptized. It is the day 
after he was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. Jesus is meeting his future disciples for the first time and starting his earthly ministry. John chapter 1, verse 35 through 51. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him whom Moses in the law also the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. A key verse in our scripture is verse 49. Nathanael calls Jesus the Son of God and the King of Israel. This is extremely high praise coming from a loyal Israelite who would be very familiar with what God's Word says in the Old Testament about the coming Messiah. In our scripture, Jesus is telling Nathanael and his future disciples who were present that they haven't seen anything yet. They will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The point I want to make here is that Jesus referring to himself as the Son of Man, in verse 51, he is confirming Nathanael's observation and expressing the truth that he is the predicted Messiah. 
and he will be the bridge or ladder between heaven and earth, which no person can ascend to heaven except through him. Another takeaway from our base scripture this morning is just how humble Jesus was with his future disciples. He was God, and he could have ordered them to follow him. Instead, he invited them to come and see where he was living to spend time with them. He gave them the perfect example of obedience to his father, to be baptized just like us. To have the same frailties as us. To walk the earth fully God and yet fully human and sinless. But he had to be like us so we could have a relationship with him. I want to explore the word humility and how Paul describes just how humble our Lord is. As we go through this scripture... Consider how Jesus embodied humility in everything he did in his earthly ministry. And consider our own humility when talking to people who are lost. And our humility ministering to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. I'll be reading from the ESV. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look only, not only to his own interest, but to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count e uh, equality with God a thing to be grasped but empties himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will, should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confessed that Jesus is our Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. Because of our self-centered because of our self-centeredness of fallen humanity, the world does not highly regard humility. Yet the Bible's God-centered view of humanity and salvation places the utmost importance on humility. In this scripture, Paul is calling the Philippians to unite in love and humility as exemplified by Christ's humble service to all people. By using the words encouragement, participation in the spirit, affection, 
sympathy. He's telling us the qualities that should exist in us personally so we can use our God-given gifts to effectively talk to people about their salvation so we can, so we can have a testimony when we go before the throne of judgment. Okay, let's continue. Our calling to reach the lost can only be accomplished through Jesus who strengthens us. He is our perfect example on how to reach people. He is our perfect example of how to teach what the Bible says about righteousness and living a fruitful life abiding in Jesus. Using Jesus as our example, being humble when we are talking with people is very important in gaining their trust. I think the quickest way to end a conversation about becoming a Christian is to appear prideful and conceited. Also, a person visiting a church for the first time should feel a welcoming experience and not an awkward, unwelcoming experience. It must be obvious to them that the body of Christ grasp the importance of Jesus' message to mankind that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the life. Okay, so now if you have your notes. The next step we need to take in our calling to reach the lost is to commit ourselves to follow the will of God in our lives just as Jesus did. Jesus had every right to stay comfortably where he was. He was in a position of power. His love for us drove him to a position of human weakness for the sake of sinful mankind. He was rich, but he became poor so that through his poverty and humility, we might become rich with his salvation, saving ourselves and the people we reach from the horrible consequences of our sin nature. It is remarkable enough that God took on human form with all of its painful experiences, abuses from people who hated him, and the weakness of our bodies to enter a broken world. But his son went much further for us. He was so obedient to the Father, he willingly suffered the most awful humiliation, finishing with the most horrible death on a cross for our inequities. He emptied himself, becoming a servant and ransoming us for our sin to his Father, even though we did not deserve it. The lost we contact at work, in the grocery store, in our everyday life, need to come and see what Jesus did for them. They need to observe the grace and forgiveness Jesus gave us when we accepted him as our Lord and Savior. Amen. We must be ready, though. We don't know when Jesus will return, so we must expect his return to be imminent. Jesus tells us in the parable of the watchful servant that we must be dressed for service and well prepared for his coming. 
when that great day happens, what will Jesus find? Will he see his church reaching out into the community, telling everyone about the good news that God has a plan to save humanity? He sent his only son, Jesus, to redeem us from our sin. Will he see us working as his disciples? Or will he find his church withdrawn from the community, hidden behind the closed doors because it's safe from the world we live in? I hope not. <clears throat> we all have been given giftings from God. He has called us to use our gifts to further his kingdom on earth. The lost need to come and see that accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior is not a one-time passive experience. We are expected to be well prepared so we can lead people to the cross of Jesus and strengthen our church for service to him. We have so much to offer our Lord. We have our time, our resources, our efforts, our gifts, and our love for Him. We have been given these things from God. If we're not using them, then we're not serving our Lord, and we will not be ready to open the door when our Lord comes for His church. We must be a witness to Jesus. To do this, we must be an example of righteousness and have a testimony of how God saved us and share with humility all, with all who will listen as well as our brothers and sisters in Christ who love you. We must live that life that glorifies God. It's the bottom line. This can only happen through the Holy Spirit living in us and our faith in Jesus being our advocate to the Father. Our biblical reference for this reasoning is written in Luke chapter 12, verses 41 through 48. And Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions but if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and eat and get drunk, eat, drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him to pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will will receive a severe beating. 
But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand much more. They will demand the more. So we, we are held responsible for what we have been given and what we do with it. When we are blessed with talents, wealth, knowledge, and time, it is expected that we will use these to glorify God and to benefit others. Jesus has already told his disciples about being ready for his return. Peter asked if this parable was for the disciples or for everyone. And it's interesting that Jesus didn't answer Peter's question directly. He told them the parable of the faithful and wise manager, which we have just read. I don't know why Jesus did not answer Peter, Peter's question. But I do believe that we have been entrusted by God with many abilities and responsibilities and will be held accountable on the last day. He, sorry. We need to be people who faithfully care for others. So when Christ does return for his church, he will find faithful believers who have endured endured the world and have remained steadfast in fervent prayer and are loyal servants. Amen? Okay. Before our Savior comes for His church, there are some very difficult questions all Christians need to ask the Father during our alone time, during our devotional time, or our quiet time with the Lord. Some of them, am I committed to serving God? Am I a disciple of Jesus who knows what the Word of God says about using my gifts to reach the lost for Christ? Do I understand that I need to help people commit to Jesus as their Lord and Savior so I can help build his kingdom on earth? These questions are, are deeply personal. No matter what the answers are, the grace and love the Father has for us is immeasurable. So we find rest in what his word says to us in our weaknesses. That his grace is sufficient for us. For his power is made perfect in weakness. The forgiveness freely given to us 
through the completed work of Jesus on the cross is so reassuring and encouraging that we can honestly say that we serve an awesome God. And I can do all things through the Lord who strengthens me and the Holy Spirit who leads me in every situation God puts me in. When I am unsure or don't know what to do, I will reach for the strength and grace given to me by God and the care and love given to me by my brothers and sisters in Christ. So when Jesus does come again, I will be ready. Amen and amen. <clears throat> okay, I want to take some time here to let the spirit of the living God do what only he can do. So just take some time to listen to what the Holy Spirit living in you is telling you to do right now. If you want to pray for the strength to serve God by using your gifts to reach the lost for Christ, come forward. The altars are open. Now is that time. If you want to have someone pray with you or someone to pray for a special need you have, please come forward. Our pastor is here. And he loves to pray. I, I know personally he loves to pray. If God has spoken to you and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can take care of that right now. Come on forward. We'll get you saved. Don't wait any longer. There, there's no reason to. Because Jesus Christ is imminent. Imminently coming. <clears throat> for our friends online, we thank you for streaming with us. We love you and miss you. Let's close in, in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and for this message of you, your message to us. Father, we ask for the strength to move forward to live a life, to abide in you, Father. We, we ask you for your power to, to use our gifts to reach the lost who desperately need you in this fallen world. Father, be with us, lead us and guide us, and let us be a reflection of your truth. In Jesus' precious and mighty name, amen. Get out of the way. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. You know, the, the scripture that Randy shared is his text. It's such an interesting story because, you know, as Jesus is just beginning his ministry and just beginning to kind of reveal his, who he is and his plan and his ministry, as he's calling these men to join him, it's interesting that in the story, when there becomes a little bit of pushback to really who Jesus is. He's told, come and see. I love that. Come and see. It was, it was an expression of deep faith. Do you realize that? It, it wasn't necessarily this, he didn't, grab him and take him through the Old Testament, which he could have. He didn't go through all the things. He just said, listen, come and see. One of the things that I think that God wants to do in us, to use us powerfully, is to have the type of faith where we don't have to feel like we have to defend Jesus or explain who he is or take people down this long pathway, we can just simply say, you know what, come and see. Because I know that when Jesus comes, you're going to see who he really is. You're going to experience things that you've never experienced before because he's like nothing and no one that has ever, ever been. Some of us don't share our faith because we're so afraid of the, having all the right answers when Jesus is the answer. Just let him speak for himself and share what he's done in your heart and in your life. Because I know this, when you come and you see Jesus for who he really is, it'll blow your mind because of how good and great and awesome he really is. And I think as we head into, I know it's, it, we're technically there, but as we head into the Christmas season, I think it's a very timely message because for some of us, we have an opportunity, you know what, to, to go to people in our families and in our homes and in our workplaces and not necessarily to open up the Old Testament and go to Micah and go to Daniel and go to Ezekiel and go to Isaiah, which is fine. But just say, you know what? Come and see. Come and see. When the angels appeared to the shepherds, 
The shepherd's response after they're told about Jesus is this, we need to go and see this thing that we were told about. They go, they see Jesus, and the Bible says they, re they leave rejoicing, telling everyone what they had seen and heard. If Jesus can speak for himself as a child in a manger, he can speak for himself as the King of kings and the Lord of lords today, who's conquered death, hell, and the grave. Your job and my job is to say, go and see. And when we can do that, great things will come in the lives of those who come and see and in how God uses you and me. So Randy, thank you for that awesome message and that awesome reminder, especially this time of year. So important. Let's close in prayer. Father, we do love you. God, we thank you for this day and this time. We thank you for this reminder that you have given us through the words that you've spoken through your Holy Spirit to Randy. These words that, that we can be a part of what you are doing in the world. That we can be that witness and share what you've done in us. And God, you've already provided giftings and gifts so that you can use us to even a greater degree than we even could do it on our own because of the gifts that you've given us, the places of influence that you've placed us, the people that you have put in our lives. All of these things, God, these aren't accidents. This is our Heavenly Father putting the pieces together to make an impact on the people in our world. And so, Jesus, as we allow these things to remind us, Father, I pray for me and I pray for each and every one of us for divine appointments over the next month that will give us opportunity to put these words into practice, that you will put people in our pathway, maybe people we don't even know right now, so that we can be a light to them. And in that, allow them to come and see the greatness of our God and what he has done for them. God, you're so good. You're so good. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Again, Randy, thank you so much for sharing what God's laid on your heart. Great job. Remember, everybody, if, ladies, you haven't signed up for the stuff that's going on uh, for the, the Christmas cookie party, there's sign-up sheets. Also, know there's a lot coming up. If you have any questions, come and see me. I love you. Have a great week.